the new specialists. We're the team. Alan McCormick will not be seen tonight, but will return next Sunday. I know this guy, Antonio. I know him. I never forget him. When they take on a gang of car thieves. Maybe he's just got that kind of a face, Judge. Sure he is. Can you see on the wall the poster? Art Castle and McCormick next Sunday. Hello, I'm John Cullum. In this evening's ABC Theater presentation of The Day After, I play a father in a typical American family who experienced the catastrophic events of a full-scale nuclear war. Before the movie begins, we would like to caution parents about the graphic depiction of nuclear explosions and their devastating effects. The emotional impact of these scenes may be unusually disturbing, and we are therefore recommending that very young children not be permitted to watch. In a moment, the day after. Oh, listen to me, nightmare, about the atomic bomb. When you hear the story, then I know you're gonna wanna run. You're gonna run, run, run back. Hello, everybody. Everybody, you're listening to TV Movie Night. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew. Sitting across from me, it's the other host, Mark. Hello. How you doing, Mark? Doing great. Uh, excited. Look at this this shiny new podcast that we have in front of us. This is incredible. It's beautiful. It's so, oh my goodness. It's, it's that new podcast smell. Mm. TV movie night. So uh, much possibilities out there. I'm going to tell you right now, Mark, I did buy it used, but... With enough detailing, detailing, we've buffed out all of the the accidents. Like I, I looked at the title on this podcast, TV Movie Night. It's it's been it's had a little bit of water damage. I'm going to say sure. that right now. Is but there any I, rust? Because once there's rust, once there's rust, I know. I looked at it. I looked on. I I, I did the the whole 20 point yeah. inspection. It seems like it's okay. Seems like it's okay. Was that a box that you could check on the inspection sheet? Yeah, it was like, seems like it's okay. Yeah. But, like, again, you know, it's got a new radio in it. It's got... Floor mats from a different podcast. Yes, this podcast is ready, locked, and ready to go. TV movie night. TV movie night. Get your popcorn. This is... Uh, yeah, this is a show where Andrew and I will be watching a classic or new classic. An t- instant classic, instant as classic it were. Of a, a, a TV movie. A television movie. A genre that we think is un- underappreciated. Very much so. It's a it's a genre that has lost a little bit of favor in the past few years. Yeah. But uh, some... No longer its own category, no, correct? No, it's, it's just rolled into, like, anthology m- series, miniseries. It's gotten wrapped up in that, like, FX is like, oh, well, American Horror Story, that's a miniseries. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> also, you know, Recount. Yeah. Game Changer. Recount was a one-off, right? Was Game Changer a two-night event? That's a one thing. Those are all... Those are, like, HBO movies. Yeah. But... What we're talking about is your is like your stock standard, clear the schedule, broadcast motherfucking TV movie event of the week. That's right. Get ready. Get ready. Clear the schedule. You don't have to go out and see Deliverance. You could just stay at home and watch whatever we the in- fuck we made exactly. for you. 
our special broadcast presence presentation yeah but before we get into that mark as always our fans are so so quick to know how how are you doing great doing great doing great how it's, great uh pretty great it's the early months of 2016 yes brand new year new we're, opportunities we're recording this in the first week of february that's right How's February treating you? How's 2016 treating you? We haven't recorded a podcast yet this entire year. That's true. And we didn't even record anything in December. What was the, the yes, Spooktalic Taylor no, the last recorded, time? We, we had a Dean Martin podcast That's in right. December. Before that, we had a emergency. Yeah, which we had recorded in November. November, and then it got slated for January. Yeah. A little lost episode. <laughs> but now we've new year, new podcast, new mark. That's right. What changes have you made for this year, Mark? What What is this 2016 Mark Gonzalez model? I'm completely nocturnal. Ooh, okay. All I... right, that's pretty good. That's that's it's got day daylight daytime running lamps. Yeah, I've been working night shifts. Working ex- on the night shift. Uh, the nighttime is the right time. Ooh. Uh, I've been working night shifts exclusively since November. November. So. No sleep November. Yeah, so the daylight kind of doesn't make sense to you anymore. Come and you want to go to work. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. So, anything else going on in your life? You're just feeling good. Just feeling, feeling good. good. Oscars are coming up, and I am excited to talk about TV movies. I am so excited to talk about TV movies. Thanks for asking about me, Mark. How are you, Andrew? I'm good. I'm good. You're moving. Soon. I'm moving. You're, the next it's, podcast you listen to is going to have a different sound. A completely different vibe. It's going to be in a new part of town, new studio, new new recording space. Yeah. All my stuff is in boxes right now, mm-hmm. and it only outlines that I don't have a lot of stuff. Right. And not a lot of boxes. Not a lot of boxes either. I, actually, I have more boxes than stuff. <laughs> I got a big thing of boxes. Usually the inverse. You're usually hunting down boxes. No, I got a big thing of boxes, and I'm like, I got all these fucking What am I going to do with all these? Who's going to pay for all these boxes? Yeah. Um, No, it sucks. You know, moving moving always kind of sucks because it's just like... You just take you you going through your stuff, and you're like, why did I... Why do I have this? Why did I keep this? What is this? And then you're like, oh... Yeah, yeah. Going through all the stuff of your life, like a Game Gear. Found a like a severance letter from when I worked at Television Week. Kept that for some reason. That was a that was a, that was a long ago. time ago. That was like 2008. Found yeah. a bunch of like old insurance cards from when I lived in Ohio. Why would you keep those? I don't know. They're just there, you know. When you moved the first time, did you not go through your shit? No, I just put it all. You just put it yeah. And just said, I guess I'm taking all this. But now I have to cleanse myself a little bit because the the place I'm moving into is a little bit smaller. Right. So even with the limited amount of shit that I have, I now have to get less shit. Right. So if you're listening to the sound of my voice and you would like a table and or some shit or some shit, I got I got good news for you. Um, and I've also been working. You talk, you talk about being nocturnal. I, this is, you're talking to Mr. 24-7. Yeah. Mr. You, no days off. You had no days off in January, right? That's correct. Literally zero days off. Yeah. For the most part. Everything, I always got to do something. Day, weekday stuff. Working on a new CNBC show entitled Billion Dollar Buyer. That's right. It will be airing at the end of March, so mark your calendars. We are selling Check. a man 
for a billion dollars. Yes. Uh, who would, who would like exciting. to purchase him? Check your local listings. And then on the weekends, picking up shifts for El Rey's Lucha Underground. You're not picking up shifts. You're, I'm there. You're part of the, that I'm staff. Part of the show. Yeah. Check your local listings on that. El Rey. Week new episodes are 8 p.m. on Wednesdays. The King. I believe. That's what El Rey means, the King. Yes. Mark, we are doing something magical. Right. We are talking about television movies. Spectacle. The spectacle, the the the, the drama. buzz, the hype around television movies. Now, something this is something that I don't think we could appreciate in in 2016 that it used to be a big fucking deal. Television movies, it was like, "Oh my god, you know, we're not doing a dumb little show here. Yeah. We're telling this two-hour tale, and we can get made for the television. We can get all the actors we need. Right. We can just tell this thing, and if we promote it correctly, we can get people to tune in. Huge viewers. Big numbers. Right. Big numbers. Because think about it. You miss an episode of Perfect Strangers. Whatever. Yeah. Another one next week. You, you know, you won't find out how... Balky got swindled by like a three card money dealer, yeah. and then Larry has to come and get his money back. Right? Who cares? Who cares? You'll, you'll there's another episode that's going to be roughly week. the same but next this week. This is this is one this is time event. only event. Yeah, we're going to air it once, and that's it. So, oh, you, you didn't get to see Jaws two: The Revenge? Oh, well, then you can go see it at the Man tomorrow. Week. Yeah. Nope. Now this you thing got airs one chance tomorrow at the water cooler. Everyone's gonna be Everybody's going. Everybody's gonna be talking about Did it. You see that that fucking thing, and then people She's, go, "Oh no!" I see that I truck chase see, that guy. God damn it! I didn't see it, and it's not like, well, good, you can see it on demand. Nope. No tough shit. You're it's out of gone. luck. It's gone, baby. You ain't never gonna see it again. They burned the masters. Yeah, they burned it all down. They <laughs> killed everyone involved with the, the production. <laughs> yeah. There's, Lined there's, up and shot there's no witnesses to no what one you knows. to what you saw. Um, so that's why I think the two of us are excited about this because to know that there was money and time and effort to put these things together that you know that they were hoping for this thing that they're just like no one's you see it and then it's gone and then you get to talk about it right with a movie. Like, especially like a film, like a movie that shows in theaters, you know, Back to the Future. Okay. You know, it, it comes out, then there's sequels, and then there's home video releases and DVDs, and we show it again, and then blah, 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 blah. We'll constantly be seeing Back to the Future. Right. But with TV movies, it's like, here's the thing that aired once, and then that's it. And then we never talked about it again. There's no, there's no. We made a promise that night that we would never talk about. There's no precedent. This burning bed. Yes, exactly. There's no uh, motivation to release these movies in any kind of timely capacity. Yeah. For the most part. For the most part. So that's why I think I'm interested to start delving into what we can find TV movie wise. Right. And I also think that. They made a lot of them. Yes. Like every network would make at least one a week, right? Uh, well, there used to be, they would like, you know, NBC or, or ABC, ABC would like block out like their, you know, Friday night, Thursday night movie, Sunday night movie. Right. Uh, I mean, ABC made a like a ABC in the the wonderful world of Disney. Like that was, that was the Sunday night block in the 60s and 70s was just like, you know, Dis- a Disney movie every Sunday. Right. Like 
We made a documentary now. Here's this. Watch this. Oh, here was a thing about Davy Crockett. Yeah. Here's the shaggy dog. Whatever it is. The, the computer wore tennis shoes. Right. Kurt Russell's here. We have to use him. We have to use him. He won't leave until we use him. He was Walt Disney's last words. So. It's I'm, also also because we don't. It, I, I don't have like nostalgia for it. Because they were, it was mostly gone by the time that I was around. Like the earliest TV movie event that I remember was TNT's Rough Riders, starring Tom Berenger. Sure. As Wyatt Earp. No, I think he played. No, come on. I th- uh, Rough Riders. I think he plays um, Roosevelt. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. But that okay. was like a two night special event. Yes. Um. It wasn't the same, you right. know. TV movies. I, hopefully, we'll find out when they mostly went away or migrated to like HBO films. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. Couple ground rules, though, on this particular podcast. Right. One, we are only dealing with television movies. Yes. Miniseries, right out. No, we are not doing miniseries. So, we're, what about two night events? Two night events. Yes. But that means that total runtime has to be less than, what did we say, three hours? Three hours. Three hours. Yeah. So if we do 90 minutes, 90 minutes, combine the two, that's fine. Right. But we're not getting into things like- We're not like, going to do the stand. Not doing the stand. But we might- Not doing roots. Right. Not doing north and south. Right. But- But we might do um, Stephen King's The Shining. Because that was only a two-night Sure. Yeah. Maybe. 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 We'll see what happens. Right. But uh, that's that's just the, the basic ground rule. So before you start getting antsy to say, oh, man, I hope they do um, I don't, American Crime Story. Yeah. That's a, that's a miniseries. That's a miniseries. We're not going to do American movie. Crime Story. We're not doing American Crime We're not going to talk about it. God damn it. No, the thing we are going to talk about this week is maybe the biggest television movie of all time. The granddaddy of them all. This is it. Not the Michael Jackson story. (laughs) The day after. Which we will also not be doing because I believe the Michael Jackson story was a... That was a miniseries. was a miniseries, Yeah, yeah. No. The day after... The day after. The day after. 1981? 83. 83. Mark, let's talk about the day after in a segment that is not, hey, 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 what's going on? But a segment I like to call, what do you know? Jeez. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you, Mark, what do I know? Yeah. And then I'll talk about about what I know. The day after. About the day after. Andrew, when you talk about TV movies, this, I mean, you look at any list of top 10 TV movies, this is probably going to be number one. Yes. Consistently number one. You know why? Because it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, It still holds up. It's a movie about what happens when the bombs drop. Yes. That is correct. And that's it. That's it. That's That's all you need to know. I think that's the... The treatment right there. What was, was the bomb? What do we got here? Got, oh shit! That sounds dark. That sounds fucked up. Let's do it. Mark originally airing on November twentieth, nineteen eighty three. Yep. On ABC. Something to talk about at Thanksgiving. Nineteen eighty three. A gallon of milk. 
costs a dollar thirty-five. I don't know what a gallon of milk costs right now. How much is a banana nowadays? Ten dollars? <laughs> yeah, I I would guess three bucks for a dollar for a gallon of milk. Three or four, probably. Yeah. yeah. A Volkswagen Rabbit. Uh, eight. Lower. Nine nine nine. <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> $6,994 okay. for a Volkswagen Rabbit. A couple other things to talk about in 1983. Motorola introduces the first mobile phone. How much was a TV set? Public. I don't have that information in front of me. Just look that up. How much would you pay for a TV set in 1983? 20 bucks. Like $85, I think, would be a fair amount. 20 bucks. Yeah. It's all two televisions. What am I going to do with this? I can't even hook my, my Sega tapes to it. What am I going to do with this? There's no RCA plugs in there. No, I gotta no. screw it in. It's, it's incredible. Motorola introduces the first mobile phone to the public. McDonald's introduces the McNugget in 1983. Okay. Were they made out of chicken back then, or was it the Piku? Probably chicken. Yeah. Probably a little bit of both. A little. You gotta. You gotta well, I mean, they lost. You know, because they used to. They used to fry all that shit in beef tallow. Yeah. And then, like, people got mad about it. They were like, well, it's not vegetarian if you order the fries. What am I supposed to do? So then they had to use science to try and replicate that delicious beef tallow taste. <laughs> of course. Big year for television. The final episode of MASH airs on February 28th, 1983. So the Korean conflict was finally over. Yeah. We finally we got through it in 1983. <laughs> uh, in a big year for movies, I'm going to name your some big, big names. For 1983? 1983. Was that Return of the Jedi? Return of the Jedi did come out in 1983. So that comes out in May, right? Mm-hmm. November rolls around. And you're like, what? What's some, what else is it? Feel good. Big time movie. That I can enjoy. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation came out in 1983. Of course. Superman 3. Then... Steering a little bit more towards what we're talking about today, War Games came out. War Games. Daphne Coleman. Matthew uh, Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Whopper. Is that Elizabeth Shue? I think so. Maybe. Yeah. She plays Whopper. And then, specifically speaking to what we're talking about, on March 23rd, 1983, Ronald Reagan introduces the Strategic Defense Initiative. Star Wars. Otherwise known as Star Wars. Yeah. I'm so sick of all these Star Wars. <sighs> Big letdown, as far as the name goes. We wanted lasers says, in space. Yeah, he says, by the way, we're going to give you guys Star Wars now. We're like, what the? Okay. All right, yes. yes. Here we go. Give me a lightsaber. And I want like, galaxy far, far away. Kind of a computer thing, actually. Oh, I don't. That doesn't sound like Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. What? Do I have to interface it with that little thing that R2-D2 has? Like, just... Is that what? Is that yes, that all ports are that weird little. Okay, that's fine. That's I guess that that's spits out of his chest. That's doable. That's I guess that's Star Wars like. Uh, I'll take it. That's fine. Can I get a protocol droid? No. 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 We have them, but no. Come on, man. I I need protocols. They're only at. <laughs> this one doesn't speak different languages, but he he is fluent in etiquette and Ooh. protocol. Yes. So. Yes. He'll browbeat you on how you're holding your spoon. I want to know how, like, I'm C-3PO, I'm going to a funeral. How should I tie my tie? He's uh, not going to say Windsor. No. 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 
Maybe half Windsor. I don't know. Probably. Probably. How well did you know this guy? <laughs> exactly. He'll <laughs> ask the hard-hitting questions. The stuff you wouldn't even think about. And this is what Reagan Reagan brought these things Promised to, us. to the front, front lines. Yes, Reagan. Uh, we essentially said, we will fight the Cold War with the stars. technology. Yeah. Basically saying... Mutual assured destruction is not the way we're going to play this. We can go ahead and dissuade people from firing against us because we'll be able to take their shit down first. Yeah. Then we blow then them. We kill into, them. Then we just blow them out of the sky. So uh, you obviously were born in 87? 86. 86. I was born in 84. So I don't think we can appreciate the Cold War as much as people a little older than us. Yeah, certainly not as much as our good friend John. John Douglas, who we talked to about this episode beforehand, uh, who stated that he um, was given promotional materials by ABC. He was a child at the. Well, yes. he wasn't. He was in like. He was in school. He was in like middle school. Yeah. Almost into high school. That he was given promotional materials at school that was provided by ABC to discuss the possibility of a nuclear strike. Yes. And the the imminent threat. He told us that at the beginning of the week there was a feeling of like, well, if it happens, maybe, you know, we'll see how that goes. And then he said by the end of the week, he felt that he was that it was an assured 100% thing that they were going to die in a nuclear holocaust. That everybody was going to die. Everybody was going to die. Finger on the button. We're right. on the brink, et cetera, et cetera. So knowing that. The brink on HBO will not, will be, not watching be watched. That. We will not watch that. Maybe we'll watch Luck. No, uh, we will probably not. not. I mean, Luck only had like five exactly. episodes, Exactly. Luck I might think. be under three it hours. Just, it just barely gets in. Uh, so that's what we need to know to appreciate the, what this movie is. Right. But let me give you the facts before we start talking about it. This movie was written by Edward Hume. Edward Hume. Hume. Wrote the pilots for CBS's Canon. Do you know anything about Canon? It's a detective show. Yes. About um, a Civil War general's descendant. Named James Cannon. Yes, Jim Jim Cannon. And they call him Buck. So sometimes they call him Buck Cannon. Buck Cannon. No, it's about a, it's a detective show about a big fat guy. Okay. Drives a big fat Cadillac. He's sure. A big fat guy. His name is Cannon. All right. ABC's, he also wrote the pilot for ABC's The Streets of San Francisco, CBS's Barnaby Jones, and a one-season show entitled Toma for Toma. ABC. It's about a master of disguise. It's not bad. I'd watch that. So... Television pedigree, Edward Hume, this thing directed by Nicholas Meyer. Our favorite director. Director of the two best Star Treks. Star Trek Six. Star Trek Six and Star Trek Two. The Undiscovered Country and Star Trek Two, The Wrath of Khan. Right. When this aired, he would have just finished directing The Wrath of Khan. Right. So there's like um, He was only years he was maybe Khan came Four, out of, five years away from directing the best movie of his career, <laughs> Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Khan, so, Khan came out in 84, 80, I think. Uh, or did it come out in 82? It came out in 82 or 81, I thought. No, it, it's. Yeah, I think it's probably 82. Well, didn't... I think it's 84. Didn't motion picture come out in like 79? 
Yeah, but there was like a long delay because motion picture was so unsuccessful. <clears throat> well, Star-, Star Trek Six obviously the better movie. Of course. I don't care to have this argument. We're talking about TV movies. Uh, starring Jason Robards. Jason Robards. Only name, really, in this one. Oh, well, only name at the time. Right. You might know him from All the President's Men. Uh, Magnolia. Magnolia. Tora, Tora, Tora. Right. And then uh, in a bunch of um, Eugene O'Neill productions. Okay. Also in this movie, John Lithgow. John Lithgow, minor role. Minor role. Steve Gutenberg. In the role of Steve. Minor role. Minor role. Joe Beth Williams. The mother from Poltergeist. Minor role. Uh, she's pretty great. I like Joe Beth Williams. Amy Madigan. Uh, from Judging Amy. From Uncle Buck. Oh. So I was like, I know this person. Where do I know her from? Is she not also in? She's probably in other things. Okay. She is in other things. But yes. Uncle Buck, she is. She plays Buck's girlfriend. Yes. She does not play the daughter. No, she does not. She plays. She's the one that has the conversation with Macaulay Culkin through the slot in the, the, door. In the door. She has yeah. to like feed him her pieces ID. of ID. This movie won two Emmy Awards that year for editing and special effects. Nominated for 12 Emmys that year. Was there an Emmy for Best TV Movie at this time? I believe there was. What one? I don't have that in front of me. We're going to have to find out. Don't have that in front of me. Okay. I'm assuming... Probably a Columbo, right? (laughs) Star Trek VI. (laughs) And Discovered Country. It's not out yet, but believe us, it is going to be a barn burner. So... We can talk about the backstory, or do you want to talk about the plot and then talk about the backstory? Let's talk about the backstory. Let's go through the chronology of how this thing came how to be. How this movie came to be. So, we're in the thick of the Cold War in 1982. Right. 1982, 1983. Uh, this is Reagan's first term, the late part of his first term. Yeah. Just killing it. It's, he's just killing the game. Just, just absolutely destroying it. All right. But we're getting closer and closer to that doomsday clock. The doomsday is clock inching. is pushing so much closer to midnight. Right. So ABC all, uh, decides let's 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 just make a let's make a movie. Let's make yeah. a picture to to describe and talk about how the fucked up this would be of nuclear war. Right. And there have been movies, like, let's not say that this is the first movie that's ever going to talk about nuclear war. Obviously, you've got stuff like Dr. Strangelove. Planet of the Apes, to a certain degree. Yes, exactly. So you have other movies that have talked about it. But ABC said, let's just take a look at the effects of nuclear war. Right. So they went to Edward Hume. Because the 80s, that wasn't the first time that we really were thinking about how close we are to a destruction. No. Because in, in, in the, the 60s, 60s with absolutely. the Cuban Missile Crisis, we, that know, was when everybody first really started yes, to warm we're up. We're on the brink. The Here that, is Cuba oh, we might right kill next ourselves. to us. We're going to, this could be all, we're going to, yeah. there's some shit. The big red dog is at our back door. But now the 80s have rolled. Not Clifford. <laughs> oh, oh, man. This is, yeah. Uh, it's oof. Um, but no, the 80s have come along. The rhetoric has amped. Right. Here, it's morning in America, Mark. We're 
we're, that we're Billy, getting there. That Billy Joel song. Yeah. We didn't start that fire. Yeah. Piano Man. Yes. Uh, ABC goes to Edward Hume and they say, let's write something. Let's see what we can do. Right. He writes this um, extended two-part uh, um, script detailing the, the destruction of the United States told on the ground level. Right. From a t- small town in Kansas. Right. And it's a, his original title, Silence in Heaven. Not as I don't good. like it. I don't like it either. No. Silence in Heaven. Nicholas Meyer is also approached to come and direct the thing. Right. Fresh off of Wrath of Khan, Star Trek Two. Right. He's skeptical. He doesn't really... Time after time? Was that the H.G. Wells murder mystery? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So he's skeptical because it's for TV. He doesn't. He's never really done television before. Right. He's also worried that ABC is going to really chop the shit out of this sh- out of this movie with their commercials, with their, commercials, their damn commercials, and, and censorship and all sorts of stuff. Right. But at a certain point, he's con- he's decided. I guess I'm going to do it because he wants to tell the story of the fact that if we don't change direction. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. He talks about how he convinced other people to come on board, including his editor, to come on board because he's like, we, we can either do something. We can either talk about it and piss and moan about it at cocktail parties. Yeah. Or we can do something. So he decides, let's do something. This movie then starts to get put into production. Uh, specifically, Nic- Nicholas Meyer had a couple uh, requests in order to make this movie. Right. One. Green M&M's. Green M&M's. Huge bowl of green M&M's every single day in his dressing room. Right. Here's the thing, though. He didn't eat a single one. Never. Just wanted to just know. Wanted, just wanted. He wanted to know that people were actually in there reading, reading his writers. writers. Yeah. Exactly. So Nicholas Meyer had a couple requests. One. No big names. Zero big names. So they fired him. They got him. They got him. The fuck like, out of God there. damn it. ABC said that's okay, except we need at least one, <laughs> one name. So ABC says yes, but no. <laughs> they asked him. They said at least one name because this will air theatrically in Europe. Right, which that was, was common. Yes, that was the one thing. Uh, theatrically, it will be released in Europe, so we need at least one star. So he went to. He was on a flight with Jason Robards. He asked him very nicely, will you be in our nuclear holocaust picture? Yeah. <laughs> Jason Robert said, yeah, sure, whatever, fuck when it. When is it? Tuesday? Sure. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, the rest are no names, because he wants, he. this is the other thing, the way he was going to shoot it, didn't want it to feel like a movie. Right. Shooting it with, like, very flat lighting, didn't want it to make it too cinematic, wanted a documentary kind of feel to it, because he didn't want it, he didn't want to take people out of the idea you don't want people. This, you don't want people to think this is a movie that I'm watching. You don't. When somebody's face is falling off, you don't want them to be like, "Wow, that's a good performance." Yeah, Rick Baker did some wonderful yeah. work there. You want them to think, "Oh my God, that guy's face fell off." Um, so that's um, that's what he was doing in the lead up to this. Right. Meanwhile, on the other side, still a two night event in Russia. <laughs> Meanwhile, across the Atlantic. Uh, and on the ABC side of it, they're realizing, oh shit, how are we going to sell ads against 
a nuclear holocaust picture. Right. Uh, Your McDonald's can have a bomb dropped on it. Yes. So here it is. Okay. Here's the here's the pitch. You got you got Jason Robards, and he's there, and he's running, 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 running. Big explosion, hard cut to black, and then a big Big Mac appears in the next frame. Right. Because people are thinking, man, I wish I could drop a bomb on my hunger. <laughs> and they see your burger. They see your burger. Right. And they say, drop a Big Mac on me. <laughs> All right. Hello? Hello? Are you still there? (laughs) All right. In the sixth act, the daughter doesn't know if her her fiancé is alive or dead. Mm -hmm. She comes upon a roving gang of murderers, (laughs) and they kill her. Slow fade to black. The audience is wiping tears from their eyes. I can't believe it. Then we fade in. On your Teddy Ruxpin doll. <laughs> this may be their last Christmas together, <laughs> so buy him a fucking Teddy Ruxpin. Huh? 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 Am I right? Hello? <laughs> Janine, there's something wrong with my phone. Um, so, uh, Nicholas Meyer then also... Nicholas Meyer reads the script, and he decides there's too much padding in this. So, basically, partly due to story reasons and partly due to... Economic reasons, the two of them decide to start trimming shit out right. so they can make it a one-night, 120 minutes, and then ABC doesn't have to sell as many ads. So ABC sold advertisement time up until the end of Act 1, which is when the bomb goes off. Right. And then it is commercial-free for the rest of the rest of the airing, Acts 2 and 3. Yeah. This movie gets put together. And ABC says, so remember when we told you that we wouldn't excise stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is a, a funny story. Okay. I um, like humor. Uh, as uh, long as the story ends with you not cutting anything. Some people might be upset over certain scenes in this movie. For instance, um, what if the bombs don't drop? I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> You're the I'm idea throwing guy. It out there. What if we just make a movie where Jason Robards is like an older, like a, he's nice, like a doctor. nice doctor, and he like cures people, and then he goes uh, home and 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 enjoys his life with his wonderful wife? Huh? I'm just putting it out there. I'm just, I'm just spitballing. I'm just I'm all over the place. Right. Couple scenes that started to butt up against Nicholas Myers, who was is very steadfast he's like this is fucked up this is a fucked up story we need to tell it yeah he and his editor walk off the project abc hires their own editor to come back and recut it they hate the new cut they rehire nick myers and his editor they finally come to a conclusion this is what the movie is do you know what they wanted to cut yes there are certain scenes in this film that they wanted to cut specifically there's a shot of um jason robards as we can talk about the plot in a second but Jason Robards is in a in a hospital talking with a nurse. They see a couple cockroaches. Yeah. And then a child next to them bolts upright and starts screaming. Right. That that is excised from the television version of this movie. There's another couple versions where they're uh where Jason Robards is driving somewhere and he sees a like a firing squad. Yes. That stuff is cut from the television movie as well. Right. The the television airing. There's a full-fledged theatrical cut that is the available. European version. Yes. But the stuff that aired in the United States, is there's a couple other things to it. 
So let's talk about the plot a little bit, and then we'll talk about the fallout, and then we'll go from there. Right. So now, we won't. We're not going to go. Too we're not going to go beat depth, by beat. Too in depth on the plot, but we'll give you enough to know what this movie is and, and specific things that we thought about the movie. Right. Hopefully, so, you received your mailer already from us yes. and had time to review the show. And you can go and follow along. And you can just follow along. So this movie is told in a three act structure, specifically before, during. And after. after. Act one is all before stuff. We're getting the setups. We're getting a lot of the, um, a lot of like the disaster movie tropes that I was worried about when we started, when I started watching this. Right. Where all of the plot threads start getting like picked up. Jason Robards is playing this like older doctor who has a wife. There's a farm family that uh, they're one of the, the daughter. Uh, is going to get married. Right. This is desperate. This is disparate. These are these are just we're, like we keep, we're just cutting yeah. back and forth for, between these stories. For like the first thirty minutes, we're just throwing a bunch of characters, and this little thing keeps popping up at the bottom of the screen. That's like thirty miles outside of St. Louis. Yes. Twenty five miles out of Kansas City. That's 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 the thread here. Is that there's that's set in Lawrence, Kansas, which is outside of St. Louis. Right. Which is important to know. Uh, so we're getting, we have Jason Robars as this older doctor. He's this older doctor whose daughter is moving to Boston. He's a, he's like a teacher, but he also works at the hospital. Yes. He's, yes. There's a farm family. There's a whose farm family. Daughter who, is getting married. Whose his daughter is getting married and his, her, the daughter's like fucking around. Banging her fiance. She's banging her fiance and they keep cutting to her like having to go get, you know, something. That thing. Which it turns out is a diaphragm. It's a diaphragm. But because I'm so used to these disaster things, I'm like, does, does she, what does she, ha-? like, I think that she has the nuclear launch codes or something. <laughs> she could stop this. Yeah, right. Because they don't show what it is. And the reason they don't show it is because you, you, can't, you, show, can't, say that. you can't show a diaphragm on television. People don't have sex. People are going to get blown up in a couple of minutes. Um so there's this farm family. And then there's another family that lives like a couple feet from a missile silo. Yes. Then and then there, there's the soldier. There's who a works soldier. The silo. There's a there's a black uh, army recruit soldier who uh, is they're talking about like their chore leave, right. essentially. So those are kind of the main four stories that we're seeing. But there's there's also a college involved. So essentially. All but also, also while all of that's happening, you're seeing in the footage ba- from. Like, was this from a front line or something that I, I think I read that? That they had... This was real documentary footage. The news footage? No, the missile... The oh. the airplane taking off and the general being like... Talking to other people and then the footage inside the bunker. That was taken from like an ABC special Probably, event. Probably, yeah. From weeks, the, from the, like months before. This, this was a cash-strapped operation as well. Right. They talk about... Nicholas Myers talks about how... They just didn't have money for a lot of stuff. So I mean, ever ever this was they spent a lot of money. They on spent this a thing. lot of money, but there's, there's never cer- there's certain things there's certain things that you, like I'll talk about when we get to it. So uh, we have all of these stories taking place, and 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 it's just we're just seeing slices of life, slices yeah. of life, slices of life. But the, th- the 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 theme across all of it is we're seeing in the background uh, on news stories and on radio broadcasts that that shit is getting real. Over in Berlin. Over in Berlin. Like, right. we're... People, militaries are stepping up their uh, enforcement 
over in Berlin at the wall at Checkpoint Charlie, like yeah. all of these different things. And then you, so yeah, so uh, what's his name? Um, Jason Robards. Jason Robards is in his car going to meet his daughter for lunch or something. Yes. Or just leaving. No, he's leaving. He's coming he's, back. He's, yeah. He's his daughter is he's like driving towards St. Louis, I believe. Right. So his daughter's like, I'm leaving. And he's like, oh, I'm going to miss you, you know? And he's like, man, my daughter's leaving. That sucks. And he, like, looks at the radio, and they're like, uh, NATO forces have given Russia 30 hours to stand down. And he's like, oof. That's, that sucks. Dark stuff. Cut Flips to. over to the ball game. Yeah. <laughs> so all of this is boiling up in the background. But these are, it's, we're just on the ground level. Right. These are just people living their lives. They're not involved with the military. They're like, except for one person who is only told, he's, they're like, uh, shit's getting kind of bad, just so you know. Right. We're going up to level four, so... Yep, it's the ice level. <laughs> so get your water boots. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, you know, sorry, you're going to have to postpone your shore leave. Yes. Come uh, come, come back. Why don't you come on back to that silo? So then we get back. We are, we're racing towards the end of Act 1. Everything's building to a head. And we find out somebody has launched their missiles. Right. Now, this was a big point of contention, right? With the, the U.S. military was like, go ahead and blow up the Earth, but we would like you to say that the Russians did it. Yes. When Nicholas Myers and ABC started making this movie, they were talking to the United States government in regards to, can you help us out on yes. this kind of... Can you this, give us a bomb? Can you give us, can you give us two bombs? Mm-hmm. I'm just... I know, you know, I'm just saying. You know, we need one, then we maybe need a backup. Right. Uh, but the government said, we will absolutely help you out on this only if you make sure to say that Russia started the whole thing. Right. Russia fired first. If that's not made clear, we don't want to be involved. And Nicholas Myers was like, I, I want him. I want it to remain ambiguous. Yeah. Cause it's a big Cause point of the matter. movie. It doesn't matter. We're all dead. Yeah. But what I like is that I like the idea of the government saying like, "Yeah, we'll we'll this is this is what'll happen. We'll we'll kill ourselves. We're gonna kill everybody. But if you make this movie, you have to say that the Russians did it first. When their stance should be, don't make a movie about us blowing up the world. <laughs> That's not the issue for them. That they're like, no, we we'll we'll do it. We'll kill everybody. Which was a big but only if they do it. First. Which was a big thing when this movie came out right. is. A lot of the discussion about this movie wasn't, oh, my God, we're all going to die. It was, well, who the fuck fired first? <laughs> yeah, that, as though it makes a difference. There were a lot of articles written about how it was important to know who started the whole thing. Yeah. And some people went as far as, far to say that Nick Myers was anti-American for not making sure to point out that America retaliated yeah. and did not fire first. Yeah. But these people in Lawrence, Kansas, wouldn't necessarily know to begin with. We don't ever cut to the White House and see the red phone blinking. Right. It just happens. Missiles start going off in, like, silos that are buried under, like, farmland. Uh, Then we get to the end of Act 1. Explosions start raining down. Well, the missiles launch. This, for me, I was watching this movie in 20... 16 i guess i watched it last month yeah i was watching this movie in 2016 in my living room and i was terrified when the bombs went off yes so i can only imagine how much i would have shit myself in 1983 watching this thing because 
this movie's fucking scary. They the missiles the missiles start going off. There's an EMP pulse that goes off over St. Louis. Well, here's here's the thing that scared me more than the missiles going off. It was it was the missiles being launched. Yes. And then the soldiers at the barracks yelling at each other. And one of the soldiers is like, "Look, we have to the Russian we're at war now. The war's happening. We need to stay here and protect our our now empty silo." Mm-hmm. And our main soldier guy says, "The war's over. We're dead. It's done. There's no now we just wait for the bombs. Yeah. And that was the point where I was like, oh. Our job is done. Yeah. And we, we're all we're dead. We're all dead. So he's like, I'm going to leave. So I'm, you can I'm gonna, You can either go I'm in your go. bunker. I'm, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. He's like, you can shoot me in the back if you want, right. but I'm leaving. So he leaves. He gets the fuck out of there because he knows that shit's all going down. Right. Missiles leave the United States. Missiles arrive in the United States. Lithgow says it's going to take 30 minutes take... for our bombs to get to Russia. But good news. Somebody else says. It's going to take 30 minutes for their bombs from Russia to for, get to us. For theirs to get to here. So what do we do? Some people bang until the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And some people just get vaporized in their cars. Uh, yes. How but... long is the bombing sequence? It's like. It's like three minutes of just. Just. <laughs> we're seeing wall of fire. People just getting vaporized. It's like. Overexposed film. We're seeing like skeletons yeah. get X-rayed and then just vaporized. Just gone. And we're to assume that's all near St. Louis. Yeah. Now we've seen the Earth get blown up plenty of times in the core movies, Watchmen, um, Deep Impact, Deep Impact, Armageddon, Independence Day. They tend to look kind of nice. They tend to be really cool sequences. We're like, wow, that's, that's yeah something. That, take take that, down that fucking that Eiffel Tower. White House blew up real good. Yeah. This, it's low-budget effects, and the fact that they use, like, H-bomb test footage yep. really hit home with me and really scared me because it wasn't artfully done. It wasn't beautiful. It was just death. Yeah. It's like they, they, In the script, it dead. was just like St. Louis, Louis gets vaporized. Right. And they're like, okay. So Nick Myers says... That farm with the kids... They're gone. And you see children die. Yeah, you see everybody die. Right. Uh, um, This movie was originally supposed to have miniatures that they were going to try and blow up, but due to budget and time crunch, they couldn't do it. So they just decided. And they also didn't have the United States uh, involvement as well, which kind of hampered things. So that's why they had to go and use um, uh, uh, stock footage. Yeah. But they cut it effectively enough that it just, like, it works. Yeah. It works. And the fact that we know that this is stock footage, we're like, we're like, this is what a bomb going this off was what will it would look, look like. like. Yeah. So uh, now we're at top of Act Two. The bombs have gone off, but now, now we have to deal with the immediate aftermath, like the, the aftermath. Right. If you weren't vaporized, you still got there's shit to deal with now. Still got problems. Now, at this point in the movie, did you think, okay? Everybody goes to Jason Robart's hospital. Yes, right. That's what you, that's what we all thought. We were like, okay, everybody goes there, and then they'll meet and up. That's and where then the stories kind of mix up. Uh, Think again. No, that doesn't happen. Jason right. Robart's heads. He doesn't go back to St. Louis. He goes to Lawrence, and he manages to meet up at like a hospital. Back at his hospital. But the EMP has blown everything out. Nothing right. electronic works. And we see a scene where they're they're trying to all the cars get shut off. And nothing works. Now everything's irradiated. So 
They don't have any fuel. They can't burn anything because you're just going to put more radiation into the air. Right. Animals are dead now because they were all outside. Well, Gut- uh, Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg is a student at the local college that was hitchhiking. Right. And now he finds his way to the farm with, with the, the daughter with the diaphragm. The daughter with the diaphragm, but her fiance, who we saw in Act One, is just we dead. We never see him again. He's just dead. He's, he's off screen. Off screen dead. Right. Same thing with Jason Robard's wife. We, there's just it. We she just died off screen because we because again we're on the we're on the ground. Yeah. Jason Robards isn't isn't seeing. He this can't from, call. He doesn't know, but she's probably dead. She's probably dead. So, but Gutenberg is he makes his way down to the basement, uh, and with the with the with the, the cellar yes. and the the dads the bombs go off. The kids are hiding in the basement, and the dog is still out there. And they're like, we forgot the dog. And the the dad says, no, I left him out there. It's like, because the dog's going to eat food. We're all going to die. We might be down here a while. Right. Dog dies pretty quickly from the radiation poisoning, which is dark. Mm-hmm. Kid's eyes are blinded. Kid was outside when the thing went off, so now he's flash blind. Right. Uh, daughter runs out, and you're like, okay, daughter in Gutenberg, maybe we got a like love, a love story or something. No, no, she's just she's she goes now, nuts. She's nuts. She's nuts now because she's her, got she's got bomb ma- madness. Yeah, not as severe as space madness. Well, I mean, space madness is a pretty. Sp- that's that's you're that's a high level. That's about as mad as you get. But uh, yeah, she's gone crazy now because she's stir crazy from having to stay inside the the cellar. But her her fiance is dead now, and she didn't. She's like, well, what? I this is fucked. Everything yeah. is fucked. Meanwhile. The army recruit is essentially roaming the countryside, just seeing like how fucked everything is out there. There's just there's lines forming now for food and water. Right. People are starting to get real upset about things. Kind of sick too. They're getting real sick. Everyone's getting sick now because of the radiation. John Lithgow is all uh, cooped up inside of the university on his CB and his ham radio, just seeing if anybody is out there because. There's no communications. Yeah. We don't have anything. He doesn't, he's just throwing a signal out to see if anyone's responding to him. And nobody is. Nobody is. Because, so we don't know. We also don't know what's happening outside of Lawrence, Kansas. Right. Uh, Robards at one point says, you know, I've been thinking, what got spared? Is Rome still out there? Is Paris still out there? New York? Probably not. Probably not, but we don't know. Finally, we get to the end of Act 2, so now we've seen the immediate afterfact. Right. Then we get into Act 3, which is what to do now. And apparently that's die. Yes, that is our <laughs> next option. Because now that everyone's got radiation poisoning, people just start keeling over left and right. Right. Characters will just die off screen. Characters will die on screen. Characters are starting to have their hair fall out. They're just looking like shit. Their skin is slowing off their face. This it's and people are stacking up at the hospital that Robards is working at, and he's just exhausting himself to the point of exhaustion. Just he, he yeah. passes out. Ro- Robards is our rock in this movie. We're like, as long as that doc is out there doing the good thing, we're gonna be okay. And I think this is the part of what made this movie so haunting was the way that it strips away your expectations of a film and your expectations of a disaster film. Yes. Because 
in disaster movies like you're towering inferno exactly. and you're earthquake expecting these stories to now start coming together and it's like well there's a right. there's a reason they brought that fact up because it'll come back later or right. whatever and it's like no, no these are just people these are just people and they're just doing dying. their fucking thing and guess what yeah everyone's dying in in towering inferno you're like as long as steve mcqueen and Paul Newman are out there. They're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. So you have to imagine, like, Paul Newman stabbing Steve McQueen in the face, and then they both fall off the building <laughs> at the end of Act 2. Exactly. Like, now, now it's a, another three. Now it's another act of just, like, well, it's we're still on fire. Yeah, we're still burning to death. Uh, so Jason... So Ro- Robards, Robards goes down. Robards works himself to the point where he faints, and, uh, and we're, to, we're to assume he's got some kind of sickness now, right? That it wasn't just exhaustion, that he's, like, probably on... Well, the exhaustion brings him down, but when he wakes up, we don't know how much time has passed. Oh, I guess that's true. But, yes, he's definitely... Even though he's been inside this whole time, like, he never... He doesn't go outside. Yeah. He's still suffering from the radiation sickness. And when he wakes up, he says, what happened to the the nurse from Poltergeist? She died. And somebody's like, hmm? Oh, she's dead. She died. And then he walks away. Meningitis. And... Just a thing, which yeah. is like, that's scary because you're like, wait a minute, she should have, she was a minor character, but she should have that deathbed scene where she's like, life, you know, we'll go on. And she holds up like a little, re- like a flower that she found. Yeah. And she's like, we'll, we'll rise back up. <clears throat> but you're like, no, she's dead. She's gone. The farm, the farmer's uh, family, like they're still camped out in their farmhouse, but. With the- their, yeah, with their goods in their supplies yes but the daughter is getting sicker the daughter's getting sicker to the point where she has some kind of uh real bad times at this makeshift church that 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 they've made where yeah she starts bleeding bleeding out of her vagina you can't say that that. you can't say that on the internet they wanted to cut that scene as well that aired but that's pretty fucked up. They're they're at a hospital and a minister is talking. They're at a, they're no they're at a no they're at a they're, they're at, at a, a makeshift church. Right. Well, it was it's a real church, but the roof has been blown yes, off. Yes, it's basically just it's just it's a bunch rubble of rubble and pews and this preacher saying how blessed they are to have survived, survived. this. Right. And now and she starts through God's lo- eternal love. We get to watch each other die. She starts shooting. Just, just blood, blood out of her starts, vagina. Blood just starts appearing on, on the crotch of her dress. Right. And she passes out. They take her on a horse and buggy. Steve Gutenberg takes her on a horse and buggy to... So they technically meet at the hospital, but Steve Gutenberg never meets Jason Robards. Right. And at this point, the hospital is just Absolutely a big more Overrun. They're burning bodies. They're, they're putting them into mass graves. Like, they're just trying to... There's so much hum, humanity being just... And this snuffed is, out. Like at this point, this you're like, th- I'm so desperate for a plot to like string this whole thing together, and that isn't what this is. This no. is like a horrible scene after another horrible scene. The farmer has a meeting with like other farmers, and they're like, "Well, we found this FEMA official guidebook, and it says that the best thing we can do is just you know scrape off the top scrape four off, inches, scrape off the bad dirt, wait." And then replant, and, and then, we'll make more food, and we'll be fine. And he's like, "What? Do you, four, inches four inches of a hundred acres? That's is, tons of so. How am where I supposed do I put to it? do that without a backhoe? Like, yeah. I don't have any. Like, I don't have any equipment. And he's like, how, "How is this a plan?" And they're like, 
I don't know. Just, Talk to FEMA, just man. Just fucking do it. Nick Myers said that when he was researching this film, he realized that we don't have a plan in place for anything. Right. So Because we know it won't matter. So he uh, he said in an interview that he thought FEMA was a complete joke because yeah. if shit ever went down, he's like, I don't know what to do if there was ever a mass evacuation. Where would I go? Like, nobody's told me this. Yeah. What, what am I do? supposed to do? You die. You die. You just die. You just die. So um, we're quickly moving to the end of this film. The daughter's sent off to the hospital. News is not good there. It's essentially that he walks into this gymnasium. Steve Gutenberg walks into this gymnasium looking for the, the woman, and it's essentially just a, it's, it's, it's a, the, walking, the walking wounded, the walking dead, effectively. Yeah. It's just this... It's just bodies stacked on bodies of people in these makeshift cots. Just everybody's dying. Everybody's dying or they're dead. Right. And that's what's happening. The farmer goes back to his house only to see that there are people camping outside in his yard. There's a scary man with three women with him who we have to assume are his brides. And he goes, what are you, what it's are like, you guys hey, doing? This is my house. This is my house, guys. And he gets shot for his troubles and dies. Right. When he gets shot, the wife, the wife and looks up, looks out child the window. Child look out the window and they're like, that's weird. And then so go back. You, ha- you have to know that that guy is going to take two more brides in a couple of minutes. Or they, they knew... What just happened? And we're just like, and just didn't give a shit. Just have to. We, we can't. We have to cut our losses. Yeah. Um, Jason Robards uh, now realizes he wants to go to San. He wants to go to St. Louis to see where his house is now. Yeah. See what happened. He gets in a jeep and drives out there. Realizes that everything's gone to shit, even more so than he thought. He sees people getting shot to death. Right. Like execution style for stealing goods and whatever. He gets to his house. There's nothing there except a family that's camping out in the rubble of his house. Right. He tells them to leave his house. And at this point, I'm thinking, oh, God, he's going to get shot. Yeah. But this family instead offers him what looks like an apple. Yeah. He then drops to his knees, starts crying. The dad, the father figure, I guess, from this, the, the, this camping, family. the camping family goes over, gives him a hug, a very weak hug. They both cry. We dolly up. Or I'm sorry, we jib up, mm-hmm. and that's the end of the movie. Thanks. Da, 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 da. Carson's on tonight. Da, 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 He's got a bomb. Oh my god! So that's the end of this that's movie. That's the movie. That's what we've got. We oh, we do get a very quick um, alert at the end of the movie saying that most of this movie has been dramatized. Yeah. Regarding the effects of what would actually happen, but the, the filmmakers would hope that we realize, that, that, you know, they're hoping that this movie will kickstart something to prevent us from reaching this point. Right. And then we roll credits. Well, I don't know, but I've been told uranium ore is worth more than gold. So, McCad, I bought me a Jeep. I got that bug and I can't sleep. Uranium fever has gone. So, Mark. What did you think of the day after? 
Andrew, I described this movie as a depressing version of The Road. <laughs> because The Road and is also about a nuclear holocaust and the aftermath of it. Mm-hmm. You don't see the bomb. You see, like, it's like it, probably a year after yeah. the Earth has died. But that movie ends with a hopeful message where they find another family. And the little boy is like, I don't know if I can trust these people. And the dad's like, you're right. You don't know if you can trust us, but we're all we've got. So you're like, okay, maybe there's some hope there. This this one, we actually didn't we didn't mention the darkest part of this oh, whole thing. Oh, that's right. There's a pregnant woman yes. who gives birth in a crowded room in a hospital. And you're looking at this and you're like, okay, this is that new life moment. This is that moment that I was thinking that I was talking about. And it is just a woman screaming, people in the room looking at her dead-eyed and uncaring as this new life that was only made to die comes out of yes. her. She and gives, then we cut. She gives birth. Everyone kind of gives each other a look. Like, like what the fuck is that? Jesus, that's terrible. Yeah. And then that's that's the end of that plot. Is she, it's it's fucked up. Nick Myers in the commentary for this film points out that some people he's you know it's like he's given the script for this film, and he's like this the the ending where the, where Jason Robards and the man hug. He's like again I'm not the I'm not the person to decide how people should view this ending. Yeah. It's like some people would view this as hopeful. How? Well, that's what he goes. He's like, some of the commentary on this film, look at this hug, is like, not all humanity is lost. He specifically says, though, in the commentary, I see it as these men know they're going to die. Yes. And they're going to die soon. Yes. And I was like, I guess I could see that. The biggest... Like, the biggest interpretation that I could make of it it would be that Robards is America, this other man is Russia, and they're both standing in the ruins of their own destruction and saying, God, we really, we really it's over, isn't it? We this up, didn't we? But even that, I don't think it's that. I don't think there's that grandiose statement. I think it's just, so we're all dead now. We're all dead. Would you recommend The Day After? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody should watch Everybody this. Everybody should watch it. It's That's what you're saying. Incredible. It's terrifying and incredible, and we probably won't be seeing a TV movie quite this good again. Andrew, I have a couple of segments okay. that I would like to play. Sure. Uh, maybe we could find a better way to incorporate these segments into our show structure okay. as we go forward. Sure. Andrew, a little segment I like to call Things That Used to Be Okay in America. <laughs> Now, when you watch a movie, or I suspect even a TV movie, you're going to see these moments, these snapshots of life in America in different time periods. And there's stuff that, like, we used to be pretty cool with Mm -hmm. that we now know, like, that's not cool. My moment for this movie is the scene before the bombs drop from Act 1 where the African-American soldier says to one of his fellow soldiers that... He's going down to Mississippi on uh, on his short leaf with his wife. Mm-hmm. And one of them says, oh, well, uh, you should drive down there and uh, stop by some of those old plantations. And they laugh and they walk away and the scene ends. This isn't played for like, look at how look awful at how the, shitty the, the, the U.S. Uh, military is. 
this is a scene that is played like, man, these guys are just three fun, guys, three fun-loving guys. Mean guys. You know, you know, you, you know, you tell your one black coworker about slavery. You remind him of slavery. You and know how recent that was. You know how you do. That used to be okay in America. You, and you could show that on television. Yeah. And people would not think like, oh, my God. Oh, geez. They would think, yeah. 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 Guys oh, being guys. I'm going to write that down because when I see Gary at the I should, office I should tomorrow. Remember, I should remember oh, that's that be good. That's a good one. That's, yeah, that's, um, it's definitely, it's interesting. I want to, I, I, I will loop into what I want to talk about in a okay. second. But uh, what else, what was the other segment that you were thinking of? Uh, rolling out no small roles no small roles that's right, right. this uh a, a scene or a moment that had a bigger impact than i thought it should had any right to be mm-hmm. and that's lithgow the first time that we see him he is in a barber shop uh and like is it gutenberg who's also in the barber shop who's getting his haircut no it's the it's the boyfriend it's the fiance yeah it's the fiance he's like i'm getting married tomorrow that's what you think buddy and Lithgow is this real smug asshole in the barber shop who's like, like the the boyfriend's like, well, you know, even if the bombs drop, they're not gonna affect us. And he's like, oh no, we're we're right by some missile silos. That's a lot of bullseyes. Goes back to reading his thing, and it's like that. I think I think Lithgow is representing the American like liberal intelligentsia who's so smug about, like, the fact that we're all going to die, but isn't smart enough to know that we're going to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what that scene was, was Nick Meyer and his friends at cocktail parties being like, no, this will all really die, and people don't even realize it. And then once the actual horror strikes, yeah. then you go, oh, fuck. Yeah, writing doing? that. That's Nick Meyer's and, and Edward Hume writing that scene them and their to, friends. to go yeah exactly to go that editor to come work for them yeah by saying that's you that's you, you. fucking asshole right now get in you the know mix. this shit do it yeah i liked uh, my favorite is the farm family not the original farm family that we followed the whole time but the ones that were next to the get the decimated missile, the missile silo yeah. that they sneak off upstairs while their kids are watching cartoons to, to go screw to go fuck yeah <laughs> while the bombs are dropping you know how you do? Yeah, uh, that that that's a good nominee. That's a good also ran for the no small scenes. Mm-hmm. But uh, what didn't what kept it from making is when the bomb goes off, the dad the guy should have said, "Did the world move for you too?" <laughs> and she's like, "You idiot!" <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, then, a, little bit, a little bit of levity. Then Come yes, on. then I would have. Then I would have said that's probably the best scene in the movie. So, Mark, that's... this movie, yeah, this fucking movie, seen by one hundred million people. Wow, when it first aired, it is the most viewed television movie of all time. Right, and it's. Interesting to point out that this movie had such an impact, supposedly. One eight hundred numbers were set up. Yeah, to to call in to and call say, in if you were if you needed some really kind of counseling happen? regarding this movie. There was a live, like Nightline special that aired immediately afterwards with 
Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan and William F. Buckley and Kissinger. Kissinger discussing like what this movie means. Yeah. If this is going to happen, if it's not going to happen, what's the outcome? Reagan apparently saw this film and wrote in his diary that it severely depressed him. Oh, some people <laughs> poor little Reagan. <laughs> some people report that there was a big effect on the White House. I don't know how true that is, but we do know that he did see it and it's in his diary. Yeah, that he was affected by it. Because um, he wanted to see that Macmillan and stuff. Yes, yes. And he was very depressed because what they even tease you with it by saying like, like, "Look at look at this great episode." Next week's we've gonna got be here. great, but no, instead no, you gotta watch the bomb movie. No, it's Cormac. It's uh, um, Hardcastle. It's Hardcastle and McCormick. And yeah. Like, oh shit, that looks like a good one. Oh man, what is Hardcastle gonna do this week? I guess we will never I know. Won't, I won't find out. So what I want to know is, in terms of this movie. Mm-hmm. What you know, knowing what the background is, knowing the 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 time frame, what if anything would change in this movie if it were aired and made today, 2016? We're making a TV movie. It's about nuclear war. What Go. would change? Uh, terrorists fi- drop a dirty bomb on New York. You think they would move it away from Kansas to New York and just do it that way? Probably. I yeah. I think I think they would I think what would happen is the the thrust wouldn't be nation versus nation, mutually assured destruction. Right. I think it would be um maybe some maybe more of a terroristic thing and the the fear wouldn't be mutually assured destruction. It's like it would be it can happen anywhere. Yeah. So, oh, so maybe it's terrorists blow up like a power plant. Exactly. Like some, yeah, they just go somewhere heartland. And they they blow up a thing, right. And manage to like poison the water supply in the process. Yeah. And so now we have to deal with that. So now we see. Now we see like yeah we see like we still do the thing where we we follow a doctor and a farmer, but we also follow like a FEMA guy who is like our hero he's our he's yeah. our steve mcqueen who's gonna save the day and he kind of just goes around and cleans things up and like even though he sees how bad everything is in the end like the worst case is that like a bunch of people die mm-hmm. but it, it, in the end we're still okay yeah I, I think it would still end with an uplifting message i can't think of anything that would end with that dark of a message you don't think that they would? I don't think they you don't would. don't think now television the has the balls to do something where it's like, we're all fucked if this happens. Well, even, I mean, you know, The Brink ends with a very positive, it still ends up being very positive. Brink's a comedy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Can you see a network right now ending with the we're all fucked message? I don't, I don't know. I don't think something like this. I don't think something like this would get on broadcast television anymore. Do you think HBO would say we're all fucked? Because I don't think they would. I think that mo- even their stuff ends up being kind of uplifting. I think they would. Nicholas Myers, I keep, I, I hate to keep saying Nicholas Myers said this, but yeah. the director of this movie said that when he was making this, he considered it to be more of a PSA, a Smokey the Bear type production yeah. that he was doing. Right. And I don't know if that message is... <laughs> How haunting would it have been if at the very end... The, the more you know. <laughs> 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 oh, we pull back and it's like 
it's 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 a like a like a Reagan impersonator going, only you, you can prevent <laughs> nuclear war. Because right. I sure as shit can't. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and no, it's that uh, that it's the puppet from uh, Land of Illusion that <laughs> Genesis video. <laughs> That's who says it. Yeah. Um, there isn't. There was a Reagan impersonator in this movie as Origi- well. Yeah. Originally, when it aired. There's a message at one There's point. There's a scene we we, we didn't see, talk about we where we see the president. We we, we we hear we hear the president on the radio discussing what's happening, and it's this it's the president, and he's like, "The nation is still strong. We're doing great. We've suffered major casualties. So is Russia. We've declared a ceasefire. Now we must rebuild. That yeah. kind of thing. Originally, when it aired, it was a Reagan impersonation doing it, playing but you, the president. You, I, that wasn't on the version that I watched. No, but. I have the I I've I've heard both versions. Right. Uh, the um, the the one we saw one the one we saw had like generic man. Yeah. But originally when it aired, it was a Reagan impersonation, and uh, it was um, weird, distracting, unsettling. I'm, I'm glad they changed it. Yeah. But I I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this is a movie that would be made nowadays. No. That's that's what I would want to say. I think that this this film is so in conversation with the political atmosphere of the time, and because that has changed so much, you wouldn't be able to do it yeah. now. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean it isn't effective. That doesn't mean it doesn't scare the shit out of me whenever I watched it. Yeah. So, you, two thumbs up. Way yeah. up. Way up. Way up. Um. So everyone should watch it. Everybody should watch it. Everybody should watch it. Um, we don't have pages. We don't have pages. But in the future, we might have a segment called The Pitch Session. Where we pitch out what would be the next thing, the sequel to this movie, the actually, day after the day after. Actually, I'm sorry, Andrew. I I, I, mistake, I, I misspoke. I, I wasn't, there's one thing that I wasn't thinking about when I gave this movie two big thumbs up. Oh, okay. What's that? Does it follow my main, my big rule of movie titles? Is the movie title spoke? Is the thing in the movie title in this movie? Is what the movie does the title say accurately? This, what the movie is about? This is the day after. This movie is not the day after. It's the it's day. The day before. The day of, and like a couple of months after. So for that reason, I don't think it's a couple months. This is like this is weeks because we see. I think it's like the month of. No, I think that's... no, no, because we know what the time frame is. Because that 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 girl comes in pregnant and she's like, do do do. Yeah. When she gets there, she's the... like a week. She's a week past her due date. I think they say specifically. Right. So she couldn't have she couldn't have held onto that baby for that much longer. Right. So I, I think this I think this movie takes place over the course of like a week. Uh, yeah. So I think it's the week of. Yeah. The the week. Yeah. The week of. So the... f- for that reason. Thumbs down. Thumbs. Oh my god. I can't. So what I can't endorse it. It should have just started the day after. Like all everything's already gone to shit. Yeah. Like we didn't know back. We don't. We had no backstory. We just started Act just Three. Everything's Steve gone to shit. Steve Gutenberg on a, like a, a horse and buggy, seeing dead cows yeah. all over the place. We just think that's an interesting opening shot. That's bold. Uh, all right, I, I can agree with that. You're okay. a man of your principles. Yeah. Um, for those who are wondering if we're going to keep it upbeat next week. Andrew, would you like to play? We will. Would you like to play a little a, a little commercial of what 
what we'll be watching for next time. Next time, we can expect this gem from the ABC vault. We don't know anything for a fact. Clint Walker. Except that bulldozer kills. Carl Betts. Two men dead. The survivors watch an unmanned bulldozer continue its rampage. Killdozer. That's right. Wow. It is 1974's Killdozer. Killdozer. Hard to believe that they made horror movies for the the television, but apparently they did. Here we go. So if you'd like to watch ahead of time and then be a part of the the conversation, you can go ahead and do that. We will find all of these movies on YouTube. They're easily uh, available for your viewing pleasure. Killdozer. ABC's Killdozer is our next movie here on Television Movie Night. That's going to do it for this premiere episode, Mark. How do you think we did? We need to focus on getting a stronger structure. We need to focus on you. Shut the fuck up, Mark. Fair enough. All right. (laughs) We'll see you next time, everybody.